Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth, with each other, and with the divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. As always, it's a pleasure to be here at Holden Village. Uh, we live at the moment in a time where we are often unwilling to grapple with the unique moment we're in, which is the reality of climate change unfolding all around us. So how do we live faithfully in the midst of this changing reality that we've never been through before and we can't really know what is to come? We have amongst us, as a tool, the narratives of those who come before us in the collection we know as the Bible. But the Bible, as we also know, is an ambiguous gift. It contains messages that most of us here at Holden would like to embrace, messages of love and inclusion, of God's abundance and the gift of life, but it also includes messages of exclusion and of war and of conquest and of violence. Um, and those messages are often used to justify individual and social practices that most of us find abhorrent, if not outright evil, like racism and uh, breaking up of families at the border, etc. So how do we reclaim these ancient stories in a way that empowers us to be joyous and life-affirming individuals and communities amidst a transforming world that uh, will produce a reality that we've never lived in before? In my book, Come Out My People, subtitled God's Call Out of Empire and the Bible and Beyond, I present a paradigm of how to engage the Bible through the twin lenses of what I call the religion of creation and the religion of empire. And to recognize this dichotomy, we have to even pause to say, what do we mean by religion? Many people find that term distasteful in our world when religion is used, as is the Bible itself, to exclude and marginalize as much as to include uh, and support. Um, the word religion from the Latin root religio means to bind again. And so I'd like to invite listeners to hear that as whatever religio is whatever worldview and practices lead us to see ourselves connected with others as a people. Um, so that can be the traditional religions like Christianity and Judaism, but it can also be other things like nationalism, patriotism, uh, and other forms of bonding um, that can be consistent with the way of Jesus, but are often inconsistent. But to recognize that religion is broader than simply what happens in churches, synagogues, and mosques. From that perspective, the Bible offers two competing worldviews. And for Christians, it's often a challenge to hear the Bible as offering competing worldviews rather than one consistent one. But for the ancient Jewish authors, they understood that God was presenting them with a reality that they needed to grapple with rather than reach definitive solutions. So they wisely included within the collection of texts we have as the Bible conflicting arguments. 
and invited future generations to grapple with that conflict. On the religion of empire side, we see the monarchy narratives that justify people like David and Solomon and their successors to rule in God's name over other people, often from an urban center that is grounded in a social hierarchy in which some people are a social elite and some people are slaves. Um, and it often includes, as it did in those times, urban life that's sharply bounded by a wall around a city that excludes others and sharply defines who's us and who's not us. On the other hand is the religion of creation, and we see this in narratives like Genesis and Exodus and in the New Testament, where we're told, like in Genesis 1, all humans are made in the image and likeness of God. We are one human family. And we're not one human family above and separate from creation, but as part of God's all-good creation, as Genesis 1 affirms. Um, and in that, Genesis sees the formation of empire in ancient cities and in militaristic domination as the problem that confronts God's people as a temptation. And the characters in Genesis are called to negotiate around those and to trust in the creator God. Similarly, in Exodus, we see a God who's on the side of the liberation of slaves out of slave-based empire in Egypt to call them into a new land. We see in Exodus the challenge, just like we see in the New Testament, that that means for people like us who are often raised in urban contexts where we take civilization, which is say life in cities, not only for granted, but as a divinely supported given. That in Exodus, when the people are removed from Egypt and the question of food comes up, they immediately want to go back. There's no food out here. And so they have to learn, as we have to learn, what we like to call rewilding practices. Ways of being that reinstill in us not only a reverence for the earth, but an engagement with the earth as a place of God's abundance. And we see throughout the New Testament how Jesus experiences God and calls his followers to experience God where? In the wilderness, in the, in the river, on the mountain. So just as we at Holden can experience God in the beauty around us, in the communion at table and at worship of a diverse people gathered as one in the name of Christ here, so we're called to leave this place and those who are listening from beyond this place to ask ourselves, how can we restore our God-given harmony, shalom in the Hebrew, um, with one another, with the earth and with God, and to leave behind the practices of empire that produce alienation and violence rather than the uh, abundance and community to which Jesus calls us. We're not something separate from nature. Genesis says we are the earth with God's spirit in us. Mm -hmm. That's what we are. We are the earth walking around. Um, mm -hmm. And so rewilding is more than simply getting replenished by taking a walk in the woods. Okay. It's recognizing we are the earth. We are not part of the earth. We are the earth. The earth is us. In Hebrew, the word for that fertile topsoil is adama. The word for blood is dam. Those are very closely related words. Blood is top, liquid topsoil coursing through our bodies. And, and that's in fact what it is, isn't it? Humus. Humus and human. That we were made from mud in some stories. You know, right. Forms. And, so and, and it's also about being humble, too. Yep. I, I, I get that. Yep. Uh, Which is to say close to the earth. Right. So, down. so yeah. being humiliated is yeah. negative in a hierarchical society because it says you're being put down that people above you are putting you down, and that's humiliation. But from Jesus' perspective, 
on the ground is where we belong, you know. And so you see, like in Luke's gospel, the sermon on the level place, you know. And throughout Luke's gospel, we hear the mighty will be brought down and the lowly raised up so that our home is on the ground. <laughs> um, and so if you're on the ground, to be humiliated is simply to acknowledge that you're humans on the humus. That's not something to be ashamed of. That's our reality. From that perspective, you know, we can hear things that we've often spiritualized much more earthly. So like in John's gospel, there's this very earthy language of Jesus says, unless you, if literally translating, unless you munch my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Well, what can that mean? Obviously, it doesn't mean cannibalism. The characters in the story even say, like, how can that be? Um, but when we hear it in light of Genesis and the wordplay we were just talking about, we can hear that if Jesus is the human embodiment of God, then taking Jesus' body and blood into us is taking God's body and blood, which is to say the earth is God's body and the rivers are God's blood. So every time we participate in eating healthy food that has been grown with harmony for the farmers and for the land and all those wonderful things, we are taking God into us and becoming God's own flesh ourselves when we do that. So one of the ways the religion of empire functions is by fear. So cities exist in the ancient world for fear that enemies will invade. Social hierarchy exists for fear that there will not be enough food and we need a system of domination in order to provide slavery for agriculture, etc. By far, by far, the most repeated commandment in the Bible is do not be afraid. We don't think of that as a commandment, but it's there over and over again. And for example, we'd look at the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, don't be anxious, which is parallel to fear, but what you can eat and drink, that's what the people, the other people do. They spend their lives anxiously, fearfully pursuing a scarcity of resources. But Jesus says, but God is about abundance. And so if we trust in a God of abundance, there is nothing to fear. Um, fear comes from the belief that there's scarcity and we have to com inherently compete like in a game of musical chairs for not enough seats. Um, and Jesus' whole vision, as we see in John 10, I've come so they may have life and life in abundance. Um, so uh, once we embrace the religion of creation and really put our trust in the abundant power of creation, there really is nothing to be afraid of. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.